Welcome to Standard Chartered India Money Insights, a podcast series that brings you topical insights and local perspectives on India's markets from the experts. Hi, I'm Ravi Singh, Chief Investment Strategist at Standard Chartered Bank India. Welcome to another edition of Views from the Street, bringing you market views and insights on how you should look at your investments from industry veterans and experts. Today, we are joined by Mr. Chirag Setalwan, Head of Equities at HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you, Chirag, for joining our podcast. Thanks, Ravi. Thank you for inviting us here today. So let's get to the most pressing questions on investors' mind. The first question is on India's macro. 2023 has been quite eventful so far, especially on the global front. How do you see India's macroeconomic position going ahead, especially in a relative context? So, Ravi, actually, India's macroeconomics uh, really stand out from a global perspective. India is going to be the fastest, large, fastest growing large economy. And expectations are that India will grow anywhere from 6 to 6.5%. And keep in mind, this is an environment in which Europe is just about managing to grow by half a percent to a percent, where America is expected to grow one to two percent. And really China, which was expected to grow at five percent, is probably going to miss that target. So India's growth at six, six and a half percent is head and shoulders above other global economies. And that's an impressive number, both from an absolute standpoint, as well as from a relative standpoint. So on one hand, you have strong growth. On the other hand, inflation has been a significant concern globally, uh, both in uh, the US and Europe, and in other markets as well. Whereas in India, inflation at 5, 5.5% is not something which comes as a big surprise. And in a sense, Indian inflation is broadly in line with historical averages versus globally inflation is far above. And that's why we've seen interest rates rise and um, those issues have taken place globally. So both from a growth and inflation standpoint, India stands out. And from a third standpoint, from a political standpoint, you have Elections, of course, coming up next year, but we expect there to be continuity. Uh, And in that sense, we have a strong political government at the center at the moment and an expectation that that will continue. So India's politics also stands up well. So all three legs from a growth perspective, from an inflation perspective, as well as from a political perspective, India actually stands out well. When you look at some of the other factors, I think, which are worth highlighting today, uh, one is, of course, India's banks are in a far better situation today than they've been in the past. I think that's important to keep in mind because really banks provide the underlying liquidity to the economy. And today we're in a situation where NPAs have, which had peaked in uh, 2017-18, those have come down significantly. So the position from a a non-performing asset perspective is far better. Asset quality has improved significantly. At the same time, we are seeing credit growth, which used to be at 8 9%, has now improved to 12 13%. So not only is asset quality benign, but we are also seeing a sharp improvement in growth in terms of credit offtake. And lastly, capital adequacy today stands at a multi-decade high. Uh, so from all three standpoints, banks are in a very strong position. And as I said, banks provide the liquidity and hence it's extremely important to have a strong financial system. And that is a situation that India is in place. So I think this is another extremely important point to focus on. Uh, the uh, fourth point is really when you, you know, we've spoken a lot about this China plus one. And so far, China plus one has really been a, a story and um, not much beyond that. But now we are actually seeing significant traction on the ground. 
And China Plus One started in the U.S. with uh, Trump putting in uh, tariff barriers, and then of course subsequently uh, that has gained momentum through sort of other means. And now we are seeing the diversification of supply chain. You know, obviously because of COVID, concerns of concentration of supply chain in China were enhanced. We've also seen sort of more political issues with China in the last couple of years. So the the diversification of supply chain has become an extremely important topic uh, globally amongst multinational corporations. And we are now seeing that moving from conversation to investment and actual offtake. So that's another big change which we are taking, which we are seeing take place. And that's a change which can last. For many many years, and hence it's a it's a strong tailwind to have. And the last tailwind that we see, we've been observing for the last sort of couple of years, or at least for the last year or so, has been a big shift in demand from the unorganized sector to the organized sector. And again, this is an important trend because the unorganized sector in India is uh, very large. Uh, depending on which segment you look at, it's anywhere from 30 to 70 percent of a particular industry. So having this shift. Um, from the unorganized to the organized is also providing uh, a strong impetus to growth. So when you put all of this together from a macro standpoint, you know having strong growth, benign inflation, and a strong political environment, and on top of that having a strong financial system and factors like China plus one and the organized unorganized to organized movement, and you know really speaks well for the for the macro outlook from an India perspective. So we are extremely positive on the India story. Interesting. Now coming to markets, uh, my second question to you is: uh, Indian equities have been trading in a range for over 19 months now. How do you see markets going ahead, and what could be those drivers for the next leg of performance? So great question. You know, markets had rallied. If we go back to three years ago, markets had rallied significantly and had reached a point where valuations were clearly stretched. And in the last couple of years, we've seen issues with inflation, interest rates, and uh, certainly the Indian market has. Uh, seen a significant time correction. I think almost 600 days, and the market is flat. And what has happened as a result of the market remaining the same for the last year and a half, we've seen a meaningful correction in valuations. Keep in mind that typically earnings growth is 15-16 percent per annum. So if a market remains flat for a period of almost a year and a half, that's roughly a 20-22 percent correction in valuations. Just Simply because of the passage of time, and that's what we've seen. So the Nifty, as an example, which was trading at a 20-25% premium to its historical average, now has come down to trading in line with its historical average PE valuations. And the same goes for small caps as well. So I think this time correction has certainly been, um, I think, welcome in the sense that now things are much more sensibly priced. It is easier to find individual opportunities to invest in. Um, and both in large cap as well as in small cap, and that's almost sort of 80-85 percent of the market valuations are in line with long-term PE multiples. So the Nifty trades at 17-18 times, and the 10-year average is 17 and a half times. Small caps trade at about 15 times, and the long-term average is more or less there. Mid caps trade at a slight premium, but not very far from the historical averages. So across the spectrum, large, mid, and small valuations are now quite sensible. So that's the first part. That's India's valuations. The second is to look at India's valuations versus the rest of the world. And when you look at India's P multiple compared to emerging markets, and if you go back maybe nine months back, uh, what we had seen is that India had actually outperformed global markets and emerging markets uh, quite significantly. And uh, as a result, Indian markets' P valuation premium to emerging markets had jumped to 90 percent, nine zero, compared to an average 
premium of about 45%. And in the last nine months or so, we've seen India has remained flat, come down a little bit, and globally markets have rallied selectively. And hence, that premium has now come back to 45, which is in line with its historical average. So valuations, whether you look at it on an absolute basis, on a PE basis, that is, uh, we have come back to normalized levels. Even on a relative basis, relative to global markets, we have come back to normalized levels. So what we're suggesting is that um, are markets cheap? No, but at the same time, markets are not expensive. They're somewhere in the middle. Markets are reasonably priced. And when markets are reasonably priced, you your returns tend to be in line with earnings growth, which is not a bad place to be, considering that the global, the domestic Indian economy will grow in real terms at 6-7%. You add another 5% in terms of inflation and India is growing at sort of 11-12-30%. Uh, and one should expect the corporate earnings should reflect that growth. And hence, uh, I think the markets will sort of uh, give returns in line with earnings growth. We don't expect a meaningful de-rating or re-rating, um, but uh, valuations are certainly more sensible today. Sure. I have a related question uh, on equities, uh, Chirag, more on the broader markets. Uh, mid and small cap equities have outperformed large cap peers over the recent months. Uh, do you see this trend sustained? You know, Ravi, it's, uh, I think it's a great question, but uh, I think what's important to keep in mind, I'm going to give a slightly different answer to this one. Um, you know, at different points in the market, uh, different sub-segments will perform differently, right? So, um, the last six months, small cap mid caps may have outperformed the prior six months or a year. It would have been dominated by another market cap and so on and so forth. So, what we have observed over the last sort of 10-15 years is there are certainly going to be periods of time uh, when large caps do well and other periods of time when mid caps do well, right? And this is uh, the typical market rotation that we see. And interestingly, markets don't only rotate by market cap, they also rotate on various other parameters. So to give you an example, markets will also rotate by style. So sometimes growth will do well, sometimes value will do well, right? Markets also rotate by sectors. So sometimes you'll have IT and pharma and so on and so forth do well, and other times you'll have banks and uh, other sectors performing well. So the important thing to keep in mind is the market will rotate from sector to sector, from style to style, and from different market cap on different market capitalizations. So it's important to have a presence in all. It is very difficult to figure out what is going to be the you know how long will the current trend last and when will the next trend take over. So it's important to have a presence across. And this is why we tell investors the importance of diversification. To not put all apples in one basket, but to diversify across segments. So I think it's important to be present in large cap, mid cap, small cap, and all three segments. Uh, one shouldn't try and pick and choose and skew the portfolio entirely in one direction and have all large cap or all small cap or what have you. So I think depending on an investor's risk appetite and longevity and uh, liquidity and so on, uh, certainly large, mid and small should all be represented in the portfolio. Now, I know I've avoided your question a little bit, so let me answer it a little bit more directly as I see it today. Now, I pointed out earlier that large cap and small cap valuations are close to historical averages and mid caps are at a little bit of a premium. So putting that into context, uh, hence we are a little bit more positive on large and small and relatively a little bit less positive on mid caps. Doesn't mean that we're not positive on mid caps, but certainly from a near-term standpoint, uh, the large and small segments look a little bit more interesting. So now that brings me to uh, a slightly different question. Uh, this is more on the institutional flow into equity. We've seen a strong reversal in foreign investor flows uh, since the month of March. 
and this has been a sore point uh, for fiscal uh, calendar year 2022 where we've seen a very significant outflows do you see the recent uh, inflows or revival in flows sustain so a uh, couple of ways to think about this one is the importance of fii's to markets and the other is the importance of fii's to the domestic economy so let me take the first, the second part second part first uh, i think it's important to keep in mind that india's invisibles which is the export of services and uh, and software and so on that has jumped significantly so this used to run at a pace of about 5 to 6 billion dollars per month and in the last two years this has increased to about 11 billion dollars a month which means roughly 4 to 5 billion additional inflows on a monthly basis because india's export of software india's export of ppo services uh, managed services and so on and so forth have increased and uh, that means that you're getting 40 to 50 billion dollars additional flow coming in from a steady source and hence the reliance on fi uh, money from a global balance of from a india glo- uh, balance of payment perspective has come down uh, so in a sense um, um the reliance on fi's from a rupee standpoint and from a balance of payment standpoint is less from a equity market standpoint i think the reliance is is there it is meaningful fi do own a meaningful portion of uh, market cap and they do certainly um move markets and accentuate the trend uh, the trends that are visible in markets at any given point uh, but i think the domestic uh, part of the market and this has been obviously highlighted by many participants is um, that domestic institutions are playing a much more important role right whether that is domestic insurance companies or mutual funds we all know the sip story and how that has ballooned and sustained over a period of time and hence the reliance on fii's has uh, somewhat come down in the importance of steady secular investors like insurance and mutual fund players has increased which i think is a big uh, positive certainly uh, but let me also lastly end it by saying that you know india is a large economy um you know we will be top 5 one of the top 5 economies of the world at the moment and india is a large equity market um, india's story really stands out there is no other economy that you can think of which is growing reasonably well valuations are reasonable roes are steady where you have you know 3000 listed companies large companies to invest in uh where corporate governance standards are improving over a period of time and so on and hence while india can be ignored for a period of time i think over a longer period of time the interest of fi's will only increase right we are not a um commodity market which is very cyclical in nature we are we have a lot of secular elements in our economy so i think the india story while there'll be fi interest which will wax and wane depending on risk appetite depending on the performing performance of other markets depending on the performance of you know large developed markets but over a period of time india is becoming a much more central part of global investor portfolios so if you go back 20 years ago india would have been fringe now india is certainly becoming much more mainstream and i think uh, in that sense it's a big positive so foreign inflows will be volatile in the short term certainly and impossible to predict but over an extended time frame you will continue to see meaningful fi inflows coming into india sure now that brings me to my last question and this is more on what are the you know emerging trends and areas of opportunities within indian equities that you see you know i think the key in equities is to have a solid basic approach 
and that means that one should have an extremely long term horizon you should be investing for a minimum of 5 years and typically for as long as you can i think it's important to have a steady approach to investing which is to focus on sips to enhance that sip investment with periodic lump sum investments ideally put in when the market is going through a tough time and to be a little bit contrary as a result so i think patience and a long term uh, perspective is really what is the key when investing in markets having said that though we are seeing a few trends which are emerging we are seeing uh, a greater emphasis today by investors certainly in terms of passive flows and yes i do think over a period of time that passives will have an important role to play but i think what we forget is that alpha tends to be seasonal and what that means is that for active funds and active funds are driven investment in active funds are driven by alpha it's not that alpha um, comes down overnight um, there are periods of time when alpha is higher and and, th- and other periods of time when alpha comes down and that is driven a lot by the concentration of market movement so when you have a few stocks which drive performance of the overall market then alpha becomes harder to find and when you find that the performance is more broad based then alpha is a little bit easier to find so last 2 3 years alpha has been difficult to find the 2 3 years before that has been a little bit easier and the 2 3 years before that again it was more challenging so i would put that in perspective i think thinking that uh, this is all about passives now going forward i don't think it's going to be as easy as that but that is certainly one emerging trend which seems to be taking place uh, today but i think the key in all of this is not to look at emerging trends but to focus on the basics right in in trying to get fancy and trying to look at uh, the trends of today we forget the abc's of investing which is to invest for the long term to invest uh, in a contrarian fashion to be steady um and to make sure that asset allocation is at the right uh, point thanks a lot chirag uh, the entire session was very insightful and it's always been a pleasure talking to you thank you ravi thanks for having us uh, on this podcast this brings us to the end of this edition thank you as always for listening if you enjoyed this podcast please like and subscribe Disclaimer from HDFC Mutual Fund. The views explain general market trends in securities markets and are based on information already available in publicly accessible media. Stocks, sectors referred are illustrative and should not be construed as an investment advice or a research report or a recommendation by HDFC Mutual Fund or HDFC Asset Management Company Limited to buy or sell the stock or any other security covered under the restrictive sectors. The fund may or may not have any present or future position in these sectors. Past performance may or may not be sustained in future. HDFC AMC is not indicating or guaranteeing returns on any investments. Readers should seek professional advice before taking any investment related decisions. Mutual fund investments are subject to market risk. Read all scheme related documents carefully. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered India Money Insights. Stay tuned for the latest updates and market trends by subscribing to our podcast. For more information, reach out to your Standard Chartered Relationship Manager or visit www.se.com/in.